Hey everybody, I'm Melita. This is Jessica. Hey guys, what's up? And welcome to Confessions of Black Womanhood. Today we'll be discussing the juicy diary that got leaked last week by Harriet Jacobs. And let me tell you, there is so much to unpack. And it seems like everybody has an opinion, so it's time you heard ours. In case y'all didn't know, Jacobs is a slave girl who wrote a whole diary about her life before and after slavery. But what we really want to know is why did they do her so dirty? I know things were different back then, but still, the whole story seems seriously controversial. Rumor has it that she didn't even tell the whole story. Some believe that the story that was released seems too fishy for a slave girl to have written. It's giving whitewashing. I could not agree more. Jacob wrote a tell-all story about her life, and in some parts, it doesn't even sound like she told the whole story. But let's back up a bit. Can we just talk about exactly what she's saying in her diary that makes this conversation around slave women so controversial? I mean, Jacobs is obviously struggling to be seen and have autonomy, but as a Black woman and a slave, so many people stood in her way. People were really trying to dehumanize her at every turn. No, girl, but for real. My sis was just trying to live a simple life, and here comes these white men and white women trying to tell her how to live it. It reminds me of that saying that as a black person, you ain't never alone because there are always some white folk deep in your business. And you know we're going to give you guys all the juicy details, but first, a word from one of our sponsors for today's episode. Are you tired of having to switch between your favorite pair of prescription lenses and your blue light filtering glasses after a long day in front of the computer? Do you find it difficult carrying around a pair of reading glasses and your clunky night vision goggles? Well, say goodbye to bulky lens cases cluttering your pockets and hello to trap eyewear. Their newest lenses are a four-in-one. You'll have prescription lenses with blue light protection that are transition ready for those sunny days and night vision ready for those starry nights. With Trap Eyewear, you can reduce the amount of glasses you have to carry in your day-to-day life without sacrificing functionality. Trap Eyewear, we see you. But can they really do all of that? Absolutely. You'll be able to read small text, protect your eyes from harsh UV rays, see clearly into windows in the middle of the night, and get this, they're waterproof, so you won't miss a single thing, including the irony. So grab yourself a pair today. Okay, so let's dive right into this text from Jacobs. If you've read the diary when it came out, then you already know this, but for those of you who did read it, let's talk about the main issues a lot of people had with the story. Jacobs left this diary for the world to read about her experiences. And let's be honest, she was very clear about the villains of her story were, even if she changed their names. There seems like so many different villains in her story. She literally cannot get a break. It's so interesting Mm -hmm. to me though, how men are always abusing their power in stories like this. It is really wild that Jacob had to hide in her grandmother's crawl space for years just to escape the sexual abuse of her slave owner. And I mean, I know it was the 19th century, and technically he did own up, but literally, what is the obsession with objectifying and sexualizing women? Ashley Reed dropped response in her podcast, I have sinned against God and myself bearing witness to enslaved women's agency and incidents of a slave girl that really got me thinking. 
because we're all just seeing it as a count of her life and Reed is in to look at it as incidents to also be read in the tradition of the seduction novel, a genre, a genre that policed women's potential emergence as liberal individuals by reinforcing their status as sexual property. She was really spilling the tea. Jacobs really does address how her sexuality as a woman was really such a big hoorah to everyone it did not concern. Reed also goes into the double standard of Christianity and I am sipping my tea extra slow because it is hot. I heard what Reed was saying too. How bold of her to call out the hypocrisy of Christianity. From what I gathered, Reed's argument is that the diary's primary motifs are the recurring and sadistic variety of sexual crimes against enslaved women and the hypocrisy of a benevolent and Christian slave system that was designed to shield the perpetrators of those crimes while punishing and shaming their victims. <laughs> That's heavy, huh? <laughs> For sure. Throughout the incident, we see our religion was definitely weaponized and used to degrade Black slave girls. I'm in awe of how that white lady, Mistress Sands, one of the slave mistresses, from Jacob's story, had the nerve to tell an insane woman, you suffer, do you? I am glad of it. You deserve it all and more too. Her cruelty is directed at someone with no control over the situation, and it only gets worse as the story progresses and the topic of heaven is brought up. The mistress pronounces that there is no such place for the likes of that woman and her bastard. Like, lady, if anyone should not be going to heaven, it's you and your trifling husband. Yes, like she really said, I hope y'all die out there and still have the nerve to be all high and mighty like she was in the right. That's true hypocrisy. And honestly, it's all because she was jealous and insecure, which is kind of ridiculous because the men in Jacob's story were all pursuing her, not the other way around. I mean, the woman basically had to beat Mr. Flint off of her because he was so upset. And that's the problem with male figures in this story. Jacobs, aka Linda Brent, had to resort to trickery to keep Mr. Flint and his son from sexually assaulting her at every chance they got. And that's not because Linda was a promiscuous woman. It's because the 19th century was a time that was all about purity and stigmatizing sex. So these white men were looking at their wives and thinking, hmm, they're so pure and virtuous and that's great, but I also wanna have sex. So what do these repressed Puritans do with all that fuckboy energy? They use their privilege and decide that black women were the opposite of their pure white wives. And they believe they could have sex with black women without those intense religious or social consequences. And poor Linda, she just ended up being the one they assumed would satisfy them and give in to their desires, which really sucks. <laughs> it really does suck. Because they think that because she's a Black woman, they can just do whatever they want to her. And then Linda is the one who their wives get mad at. That is so backwards that Linda has to defend herself from these men just to be shamed. And for what? Existing. All these wives are giving as long as he know where home is energy. Because why are both Mistress Flint and Mistress Sands taking out their anger on Linda when their husbands are the one out here lusting after other women and cheating? Like, literally, all she did was exist, and they are pressed. Ugh, it's ridiculous. It's also kind of a bold statement how even after all of the suppression, she decides to have sex with Mr. Sanch just to avoid Dr. Flint. Like, she literally wanted no parts. And although having consensual sex shouldn't be that big of a deal, Sonia Sedano Vivanto said it best on the Victorian Shade Room by implying that Jacobs knows this and justifies herself, stating that for the female slave, white standards of morality are almost unattainable since the slave is in a submissive position. Exactly. Because let's be honest about it. Linda may have had sex with Mr. Sands, 
but she did it to avoid being raped. She's a woman with limited choices and she chose the lesser evil. That was actually really smart of her if you think about it. And maybe if white women had to worry less, uh, and maybe if white women had to worry about being fetishized or being raped the way that black slave woman did, then the reasons behind Linda's choice would have been recognized and validated in mainstream society. Anyway, <laughs> Franny Noodleman was actually trending on Twitter yesterday talking about that. Her points were really good, but Melita, her thread was so long. It was like a 30 page essay. Not an essay. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. It was long, but she made so many good points. She was talking about Linda's choice to sleep with Sands and how it was unfair for her to be judged by white female standards when Linda Brent was never treated like a white woman and given those same opportunities in the first place. I actually took a screenshot from Noodleman's feed to quote for today's show. She says, Recounting Linda's decision to engage in an illicit sexual relationship in order to escape the abuse of her master, Jacobs asserts liberty and autonomy as alternative values for slave women, priorities that supersede chastity and submissiveness. So basically, Linda did what she had to do and people judged her for it. What else is new? Linda was out here being a whole girl boss, even changed her name to separate herself from that trauma. And they are still out here acting like she is not that girl. Like the girls who get it, get it. And the white girls who don't obviously aren't that girl. <laughs> exactly. Well, after this commercial break, we're going to get into even more tea about Linda and whether or not she wrote everything that was in the story or if we feel like she watered it down for the white audience and publishing purposes. We'll be right back. Say goodbye to your old scent and acclimate yourself into a new world of fragrance. Introducing our latest collection, Spring Fragrance for Her. Why wear your old perfume when you can assimilate with our new lush floral scents? New Spring Fragrance for Her by SSF International. You forget you ever smelled like anything else. Welcome back. And now let's jump right into it because I am dying to hear your take. In Novi and Witsit's interpretation of Linda's story, they encourage us to read behind the lines because they feel like Linda was leaving some things out, doing a little code switching, basically trying to tell us a story without the white folks catching on. And masking was a really common thing for Black writers in the 19th century. They had to code so much of what they were really wanting to say in order to get published that I wonder how much of Jacob's work was really authentic experiences and what did she have to sugarcoat to get her story told? That's so true. I mean, we really have so much freedom compared to her. We can openly speak about topics like white supremacy and how hypocritical the abolitionist movements were. But Jacobs, she had to finesse the situation and placate white readers or else we wouldn't have even had access to her story. Isn't it a shame though, how black women even today still feel like we have to walk on eggshells or not share too much in fear of being too vulnerable or overexposing ourselves? We literally have to gatekeep our experiences so that we don't offend others. Ain't that some shit? But we don't do that on this show, and neither does our sister podcast, The Smoking and the Silence, which is hosted by award-winning author and professor, the lovely Dr. Gabrielle Foreman. Go follow her on Twitter at Prof. Gabrielle. Definitely go follow her, and if you like our show, you'll really enjoy her posts. In her last episode, she actually did a deep analysis on the forces behind Harriet getting published and how their input changed the entire story. Dr. Foreman focused specifically on two women, abolitionist Lydia Maria Child and Amy Post. Incidents was published an entire four years after Jacobs finished writing it. 
And in that time, we can only assume that heavy edits were made so that the story was palatable for white readers. I mean, four entire years, that's super suspicious. Right? And they were the two of the only people who knew the real story the way that Jacobs originally told it. Yes. And the funny thing is that they actually talked about how wild the story really was. So can you imagine how insane Jacob's life was if what we read is the softer version? When Dr. Foreman talks about it, she said, both Lydia Maria Child, who writes the introduction, and the abolitionist Amy Post, whose statement closes the text, claim that truth is stranger than fiction when describing incidents. Wow. So Harriet masked her story and then abolitionists changed it even more before it was published? I wonder if we'll ever know the real story. That is a good question. I heard a rumor that the unedited manuscript still exists. And with our connections, there's a chance we may even be able to secure a copy before our next show. So stay tuned for next week's episode of Confessions of Black Womanhood. And thank you again to SSF and Trap Eyewear for sponsoring this video. My name is Jessica Cooper. My name is Melita Horton. And we'll see you next time.